What's up, guys? I teach a marketing masterclass called the six-week new client search two times per year. It's where I take everything I know about marketing and teach it to gym owners from all over the world. The next time we're running the program starts on January 30th. Click the link in the show notes to get more info. See you there. Peace. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ask Vince podcast. My name is Tom Lee Nardis, a.k.a. Leo, and I'm here with the one and only Vince Gabriel. How are you today, Vince? Good. Glad he's actually talking to me now. Anyway, so we have some really great questions today, and I want to dive into that. But first, I want to go over some of the stuff that's happening here at SPF. Right now, we have the six-week new client surge starting on January 30th. We have a special webinar, I believe, on the 20th and 21st. Is that right, Vince? Those are the dates? Yeah. Perfect. Um, on those webinars, we'll dive into the surge and answer any questions you might have as well. But there's also some stuff going on in the podcast today that you might be interested in. So I suggest staying tuned for that. If you're interested in learning more, you can also go to surge.vincegabriel.com. It will be in the show notes. But again, surge, S-U-R-G-E, dot vincegabriel.com. And you'll learn all about that there as well. We have the March Mastermind event. It's actually approaching really fast, March 8th and 9th in Disney World in Orlando, Florida. It's right outside of Disney Springs. Tickets for that event are on sale now. All you have to do is reach out to me at tom at vincegabriel.com or you can email hello at vincegabriel.com. That will also be in the show notes. But in the meantime, I do want to dive into this as well, but I want to make a quick announcement. Make sure before you actually exit off this that you leave a five-star review. And I just want to say follow and thank you for listening. Vince, is there anything else you want to add? And oh, I wanted to ask you too. How did the uh, gifts go for your kid's uh, book that you wrote? Well, before I do that, you do know you're on video, right? And if you, those of you are on listening to this on podcast, Leo's like he's swaying back and forth like he's on a ship that's in the middle of a hurricane. And it's like he doesn't know that he's on video. You're on video. Like, can you hold I still? I was hey, listen, that was the best intro I've done. Well, you, you're good at reading stuff. Yeah, I guess. Um, that much. Yeah, I don't know. There's, you're still on your probation. I'm, I'm operationally you're still on your probationary period. It's it's a four <laughs> out of ten. All right. Um, so yeah, the kids' book went great. We we gave it to him. I couldn't wait till Christmas morning. I actually gave it to him on Christmas Eve. And uh, I took Vanessa and I took the kids out to eat and we started reading. Uh, for those of you that haven't heard this, I wrote, I spent the last year writing a book for my kids that outlines all like the life advice and life lessons that I wanted to leave them. Um, and the cool thing is, it's like, I want to just, I don't want to leave it with them. I want to go over it with them and talk with them. And Vanessa and I have been uh, reading a chapter a day uh, since I gave it to him. And we're on, I think, day 12 or 13 right now. Um, but it's incredible. Like the conversations that we're having with our kids uh, right now are, is super cool. And uh, it's something that I hope a lot more people do. It's really been uh, been really cool. Awesome. Awesome. I actually started my own for my daughter as nice. well. Worth of the core values because she's only two. So. <laughs> well done. Yeah, you got time. I got time. I got time. Plus, I'm not, I, I don't have that much. I have experience, but not as old as you yet. So we got time. All right. <laughs> so to get started, you're not using your fancy headphones. I'm I'm a little confused. I, I thought they were going to go with those. Today. Yeah, I got the Apple, uh, what are they called? Apple AirPod. The, the, the Max ones, they, they, they cancel out all noise, which is pretty damn cool. 
Um, but sometimes I have trouble hooking them up to my computers. That's why I'm going with my old ones. <laughs> nice. Trusty wires. You, know, you can't screw up a wire. All right. So first question we're going to go over today is all about productivity. I feel like I am spinning my wheels and I have so much to do, but when I go to do the stuff, nothing gets done. What can I do to get better at accomplishing the things that will move my business forward? Okay. Um, so this is a good question and a very common question. It gets more common, and this is an interesting concept. It gets more common the more advanced the gym owner gets. And here's what I mean by that. When I started my gym, when when I was a trainer, I really didn't have any productivity problems. Here's why: you don't need any productivity issue, productivity hacks. When you show up at five o'clock, you train people till noon, you sleep in the middle of the day, and then you come back at three o'clock and you work till ten o'clock. You don't need any productivity <laughs> secrets because you're just training all day. Right. And so that's what it's usually like in the beginning. But the pro where the challenges start to come is when you get to like this stage two level, when you start to hire a couple part time trainers and you start to almost get a little bit of freedom. And now it's like your job description is no longer show up and train people. Your job description is, all right, what do I need to do to grow the business? What do I need to manage the staff? What do I need to do? And there's a lot of all these other things in the beginning. Like you don't know what you don't know. It's just like, you're just showing up and, and, and hacking that stuff. Right. But as you grow and achieve success, every level of success is going to cause a new problem. Right. And that's like, it, it, it's not like as you grow and as you get bigger and bigger and bigger, you're not going to find new problems. It's just this never-ending discovery of new problems. That's what business is, right? And so, and, and the challenge is how do you solve them, right? Um, to, to get through and break through to be able to solve the new problem. That's the opportunity you get. Um, but when, so when you start to grow, you start to have these productivity. And I remember going through this myself where I would like sit in my office with like my heds buried in my hand being like, well, I don't know what the heck to do right now. Like I used to know everything to do and I just would go out and I'd talk to clients and, you know, hang on trainers. And like, oh, it's now I would sit in my office and my head in my hands and like a little frustrated, feel like a loser. Right. Um, so I went through that and it took time really to, to really figure out what it was. Um, so understand that if you're, you are experiencing, experiencing this, it's kind of like a normal evolution to going. It, it, it's almost like a little bit of um, an anointment of going from like trainer gym owner to gym owner, meaning trainer gym owner is like, you're not really a gym owner. You're a trainer that has a gym, yep. right? Versus being a gym owner, it's different. It means you're running the business and running the company. Um so it's almost so think of it like it's it's a problem, but it's it's a good problem that you you want to have. So here are a couple of things that I think will help. When you start to get to this challenge, the number one thing you can't do is enter the day not knowing what to do. Okay, so and and what that means is you have to wake up, you have to go to sleep, and you have to wake up knowing what you need to do that day. And probably about two to three years ago, I created a daily planner and 
it's something I use. I eat my own dog food, right? It's something I use myself. Here's, um, I'm embarrassed to say that I keep this in my own backpack. I keep a picture of myself, but it's a, it's a booklet that we hand out to our mastermind members every quarter. And there's about, so there's about 90 to hundred sheets in it, I think. And they're blank sheets. It's a template, right? And the template outlines what you need to do the next day to have a productive day. Okay. Now I'll, I'll talk about what defines a productive day in a second. In the, in the meantime, it's a productive day is did you do what's on the list? Right. Um, so there's typically five things each day that need to get done. And the goal is that before you go to sleep, you write down these five things that need to get done. And then you hold yourself to a standard to get them done. Meaning you don't go to sleep until they're done. And that's sometimes the hardest part, right? It's, it, it's being accountable to yourself. I, I, I think that that's, that's, that's a really important point is that when you own a gym, you are not accountable to anyone, right? So you guys can come in and tell me what to do. Like I'm like, man, whatever, right? I own the place. I'll do whatever I want, right? But but if I have that attitude with myself, I'm screwed, right? Um, so there is a level of discipline. Self-discipline is a form of freedom. When you have more self-discipline, you give yourself – actually, it's funny. Actually, the, the shirt I'm wearing right now is uh, Jocko's Discipline Equals Freedom shirt. Actually, I'm going to show you to, to prove it to you. This is my Discipline Equals Freedom shirt, and I actually took my son to Jocko's gym when I was out in California, and I bought this shirt. Um, and we have the sign Discipline Equals Freedom um, in the gym as well. Love the quote, love Jocko, right? Um, but what is discipline? What is the definition of discipline? It'd be an interesting question to ask people. What is the definition of discipline? And here's what it is. I won't put you on the spot, Leo, because I think you honestly do have good discipline. But discipline is doing what you're supposed to do even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> right? That's just as simple as it is. It's doing what you're supposed to do even when you don't feel like it. Okay? So you might not feel like calling a bunch of leads. It might not feel like going out and marketing, you know, the gym and going to all the neighborhood businesses. You might not feel like sitting down every quarter with your staff. It might not feel like doing all this stuff, but you need to get it done. And so the first thing you need to do is, is start creating this level of self-imposed discipline. And that starts with basic things like filling out the daily planner the night before you go to bed. Okay, so it starts with that. Like, priority one is filling out the planner. It's right? sitting down and filling out the planner. That's priority one. Priority two is doing it the next day, right? But that's priority one is sitting down and filling out the planner. So that's why we give it to them. We make a big deal about it. Um, and I can't say everyone in the mastermind uses it, but a very, very large portion of the mastermind uses it each night and keep it with them. And actually we have a little award for people that fill out every sheet in the whole quarter. So it, it's, it's a really um, powerful thing and on the daily planner. There's even the time you're going to wake up. 
uh, what you're going to do for exercise. I know that was a big one for me. Like exercise is a really important thing to have in your day. It's got to be part of your day. And this whole thing about, you know, just thinking that you own a gym and you're going to stay in shape is not, you have to set time for it and do it and get it done. Right. But what are you going to do? Are you going to lift? Are you going to run? Are you do, can you do both? Like today I have three workouts. I ran this morning. I'm going to lift in the afternoon. I'm doing yoga at night. And I had it on my calendar. I had it on my calendar last night that I was going to do those things. I only did one thing yesterday. Today it's three. So it's got what you're going to do for exercise, what you're going to do with the first thing in the morning. What's the first thing you're going to do when you wake up? So the first thing I do every morning when I wake up is I meditate for 20 minutes. That's the first thing I do every morning. And whatever, you know, and, and I, I, here's the thing. I'm not a believer in the morning routine where you spend six hours doing a morning routine. And I think that there's a lot of people on the internet that have gone the other way. And they're saying, oh, what do you, you don't need a morning routine. I wake up, drink coffee, lift. Like, and they do like meat heady stuff like that. And while that may work for them, that doesn't work for me. I don't, I don't wake up, have coffee and lift. I wake up and I meditate because that's what works for me. I'm not saying anyone should spend six hours doing a morning routine, but I do think there's extreme value when, and when you know exactly what you're going to do. So the thing is you got to find out what works for you, right? So don't be swayed by the people telling you to, to meditate for 10 hours in the morning. And don't be swayed by the people saying you don't need to do any of that stuff you got to find what works best for you. Everyone's different. Everyone needs, you know, different things. Um, and then it, it has a period where you put your scheduled appointments. And what you also need to do is, and this is kind of lead us into the part two, um, you should look at your day and, you know, when you pull out your calendar and look at, all right, how many sessions do you have? Um, and those are scheduled appointments. Maybe it's a consultation. Maybe it's training a client. Maybe it's a one-on-one -on -one session or whatever. But what you also want to do is add to your calendar the blocks of work on the business, right? So if you're going to do sales, if you're going to do marketing, or you're going to do joint ventures, or you're going to do financial analysis of your business, that stuff needs to be scheduled. And that's part two. So number one is plan your day the night before, preferably using some type of a planner. But number two is to work in blocks of time. And when I first started this whole thing, I said that I didn't have any problems in time management when I was just training clients. And that is because it was in blocks of time. Yeah. I was in the six o'clock session from six to seven. And then the seven o'clock session would start. It was a block of time. And there is no more, there's no better um, strategy for productivity than working in blocks of time. There is like nothing I could ever tell you that's going to make you more productive than what I'm about to say. And that is set a freaking timer for 30 minutes and work on one thing and don't be distracted and do other things during that time. Like I can't, and I will say this over and over and over again and people still, and, and here's the thing, I'm not perfect either. There's sometimes, you know, Hey, uh, you know, there's sometimes I'll be in here. I'll forget to close the door. I won't be using my right ear and someone will come in and they'll distract me and they'll, they'll break my concentration of that. And I've lost it. 
And sometimes we underestimate how long it takes you to get back. All right. I'm much better at it now, but I'm certainly not perfect. But if you can get this down and your day is strung together by a bunch of high focus activities that are not filled with distraction, I heard something the other day. Um, I can't remember who said this, but never open your email before noon. And I thought that was a good one. You know, you can get lost in email and, you know, I'm much better than I used to be. I used to be terrible. I used to check the email all the time incessantly and I would like distract me. And now it's not a huge part. And part of that is growth, right? Part of that is a lot of the emails don't come to me. A lot of the emails with the company go to you and, you know, so I let you guys handle that stuff, right? Amanda and, and all of that. Um, so some of it is about how you structure your company and how you structure your time um, and where that should go. Um, but but not to – I've often found that, and I said this to Vanessa the other day. I was like, my life is better when I started with a blank Word document. Mm-hmm. And what that meant was if I started with a blank Word document, I'm using my own mind. I'm using my creativity. I'm producing something that I can bring to the world, whether that's a sales letter, whether that's an email, whether that's a webinar, whatever that is, I can't be distracted by that. Right. But I can be, if I'm in my email or I'm on social media, I'll get distracted by a ding, a dong or whatever. Someone messaging me, some whatever. If I'm in that zone, I'm at risk. If I'm in that word document, I'm not at risk. I'm like, boom, let's go. This is what I'm doing. So that's the second one. The second one is to work in, in, in blocks of time to pick one thing to do. So think of it like a training session, pick one thing to do and then work on that one thing undistracted. You give yourself a thumbs up just now. Yeah. I don't know. This is so weird. All of a sudden my zoom is like, it happened the other day. I was on a, actually I was on a sales call the other day and I like (laughs) did something and it like made it, you know, there was balloons popping up on the screen. It's like so stupid, these things. Right. So, but, but that's it. It's like set a timer, Work on that one thing and that one thing only. And, and, and I mean, your, your life will change. The amount of, you know, so I wrote two books last year. People don't know that because the first, second book hasn't been released yet. I, Vanessa didn't even know I wrote two books last year. <laughs> it was very funny. We were sitting around yesterday and we were talking about the kids' book. And I was like, yeah, I wrote another book. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah, I read I, the the book I wrote this year was The Ultimate Guide to Smoker. And she was like, I didn't know you wrote another book. And I was like, yeah, and it's actually my longest book. Not that, not It's not longer than the big book, but it's probably like most of my Ultimate Guide to Marketing gyms around 100 pages. Like this book will probably be like 150 pages. It's big. Um, but I only was able to do that because I've kind of mastered the art of this time blocking thing. All right. I'm sitting down, I'm writing my book, I'm setting a timer for 60 minutes and I'm doing this and I'm doing this only. And when you can learn this, everything changes, everything changes. And and the final thing is this going back to the daily planner, it's, I think the first step is actually doing this activity, right? The first step is actually sitting down, writing down something and then doing something versus because what you're doing when you do that is you're being intentional. Okay. 
what is also important is working on the right thing. So making the right decisions on what your business needs you to be working on. Okay. And I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with this. There's two things a business needs. And typically the gym owner is responsible for these two things. Getting clients and keeping clients. You can narrow down the success of your business life to those two things. If you do activities that get new clients and you do activities that keep the clients you have, everything else should fall into place. Now, it's a very, very simplistic view, right? But at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are spending time on things that don't do those things. And you can't tell me that you watering the plants is helping you get clients. They say, well, the clients will enjoy the plants because they walk in and they'll see the fresh greener. It's like horse shit. <laughs> yep. You know? So I think you have to identify what are the things that are moving the needle, right? What are the things that actually are impacting the business in one of those two things? Yeah. What's, what is impactful in, in keeping class? Well, the great Mike Boyle talks about staff training. And he says that staff training was the number one thing that he focuses on to keep their business strong. Because if the staff is good, the clients will stay. And so you spending time on developing your team, you spending time on recruiting and hiring the right people, that is a great use of your time to be putting on this list. Yeah. On the flip side, it could be, um, this is still question one, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm in yet, so might be a one question podcast here. <laughs> um, but on the flip side of the sales and marketing side, what really impacts you getting a new client? Well, here's where you start. You start with outlining the last 25 clients that you got. Okay. And put them on a spreadsheet mm -hmm. and then putting at the top of the page, where did they come from? And then writing down where each client came from. Sounds like something I'm doing today. That is your clue, right? That is your clue for what is working. So you have to identify the things that are the most important. So that's the final thing is, is prioritize what's most important. And really what is most important are the things that help you get new clients and keep the clients you've got. And if they're within that category, and, it, and remember, it doesn't necessarily always need to be direct, right? Sometimes if you're really high up and you aren't doing a lot of the marketing, but you're leading your marketing manager, it could be just leading in that person. And that's where it does get difficult, right? Because it, it's a, the problem with, with leadership is that there's a gray area. There's not this like immediate gratification result that you get from leadership versus when you show up to train a session, you showed up, you gave them a good session. The client was happy. You were happy. You gave it all you got and then you're done and you get this huge dopamine release from that. You don't get that from leadership because you don't know the results until however long it, it takes. So it's a little more difficult. So that's my answer to that question.
that was nice and long. Um, <laughs> I can piggyback you on that too. I mean, working here versus working other places that I've been and understanding the vision and knowing where you're coming from and then planning it. Like I, I'm a thousand times better at keeping track of what I need to do when I need to do it. And you, you're the type of person you will delegate it out. So I have to have the time built into my day as the employee to figure out, all right, how do I make this work and not tell Vince it didn't work, right? Or I can't find it. So that's my other avenue. So my time, I do have gaps in my time where I'm like, what's Vince going to ask me today? When you, I know you're coming in. So I wait, I have a 12, 15, I have a 15 minute buffer when I know you're going to enter the building. <laughs> so I know what I'm looking for, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I tend to give a lot of people a lot of work. It's not that, it's not that much. It's just, it's, um, some of it, this one is long. The one you gave us today was the, the thing you just talked about, finding out where your all your clients came from. If you don't have a system in place and you're not tracking it, you're you're going to be spending a lot of time on it. So it's, we're lucky that we actually have a nerd behind the scenes working on it. Yeah, that's true. Nerds always help. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, this one's more about locations and opening a second one. So I want to open a second location. I feel like, my favorite line, I feel like my business is ready and I don't <laughs> need in my current location anymore but how do i really know when i'm ready to open that second location yeah i feel like i feel like those are my favorite words um i oh, feel i feel like things are going good um oh. and when everyone ever says that to me it's like oh good i'm glad you're feeling okay now tell me what's reality yep. you know so you can't so, so um now we have tons Tons in the mastermind that are opening second locations or considering over tons. I mean, I feel like it's almost everybody that is in this expansive mode, which is a credit to the to the group, right? It's a credit to the group because there's a lot of like uncertainty in the world right now. You know, it's election year. There's a lot of stuff going on. And like to have a group of people that are like in the position to be able to think about expanding. I mean, most gym owners right now are just like, how the hell do I stay afloat? How do I pay my rent? That's what a lot of gym owners and our, our guys are like, you know, let's go. It's, it's awesome to see. Um, but some of them, we got to kind of pull back a little bit, mm -hmm. being honest. Like some of them, we got to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Gl glad you're doing okay. Glad you had a good month. But um, you probably don't need to open a second location because you have 30 clients now. Right. And so sometimes we need to be, some people need to be reined in a little bit. You know, they get this grandiose idea of they want to build an empire and their first business is just mediocre. Right. And, and I, I think that people look at, you know, these people with multiple gyms or multiple companies, you know, and, and, and even me, like people look at me, it's like, Oh, you got four companies and all of that. Yeah. But I didn't have four companies until 15 years after 15 years of running one business well, yeah, you know, that's like, that's like people don't like hear that story. They think, oh, they see grit and kiss and FPU and GFP and all this stuff. Uh, but but they, they don't see the fact that I did one thing for a really, really, really long time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about other stuff for a really, really, really long time. So I think that you got to really focus on that one thing. And that first business needs to be really solid before you decide to open a second business. And I think a lot of people aren't there. I, so I've come up with some criteria 
and this is not a perfect system. This is just based on my experience and, you know, helping a lot of people expand and seeing the, I've learned more from the people that have expanded and failed than I have from the people that have expanded and succeeded. Right. So this list is more based on the people that have expanded and failed though. And also the ones that did it when I told them not to do it. <laughs> like sometimes I don't understand people like this is there was a guy he was in our mastermind group I could tell he was gonna fail I was like don't do this I'm literally like I grabbed him by the face I was like don't do this <laughs> you're not gonna make it like don't and he did it anyway and he failed and I'm just like why like why you just like there's fresh eyes in your business there's a lot of things that you can't see I can see this stuff you can't because you're so drunk on your own crap mm -hmm. right um so a couple things one there needs to be a clear person in charge of of a business okay um if there's not somebody in charge a lot of things are going to slip through the cracks right and when i say in charge I mean, responsible for the financial success of that company, meaning that it's achieving the goals that you set out and it's moving in the right direction, meaning, you know, there's a growth rate. It's not like flat. It's like growing, you know, it doesn't have to grow 50%, but it's, it, it's growing and moving in the right direction. And you know, one person needs to be responsible for that. Okay, and I think a lot of people, um, they say they're in charge, but they don't act like they're in charge. And I think that there's a difference. So that person can be the owner, right? And I think if you're going to open a second location and you can say that I'm going to be in charge of both, I think that's okay. I rarely see it work, right? I really see it work. And sometimes it depends on the size of the business. I think that some people are opening up these smaller micro gyms, um, which, you know, someone with a lot less skill from a business standpoint can easily run and manage them. Um, but at the end of the day, someone needs to be in charge and, to, and, and preferably it's an A player, right? Mm -hmm. Preferably it's a person that has batteries included whether that's you or whether that's someone else that there's batteries included, meaning you don't got to motivate them. You don't got to tell them, Hey, let's go. Come on. Guys. Like Mullen who runs GFP. Like I don't never got to like kick him in the ass ever, ever. Never once. If I had to kick him in the ass and say, come on, man, let's go. You got to keep working. You got to keep working. If anything, like I, I know things aren't going well where he's like throwing shit against the wall. And like all pissed off that it's not working. And I'm like, great. Like, I don't care that it's not working. I, I am ecstatic that I have someone that cares that it's not working. I'll help you get it working. Right. I'll help you get it cranking again. But if you don't care. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing is like, you need this a player, this person with batteries included, that's in charge, that's fired up. They don't have to be perfect. Mullen's rough around the edges somewhat. Right, I make fun of them. Oh man, I make fun. Of them. It's so much fun around here. It's, just, it's such a good time. I, I, um, I, I like when you make fun of him. Yeah, it is fun. You get he can um, feisty. 
Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, so number that's number one. There's a clear player in charge, and hopefully it's an A player. Uh, number two is that you have some cash reserves. Okay. You don't want to open a second location when you have no cash in the first. Mm-hmm. Now, you may borrow money to open up a second. That's totally fine. Okay. But you want to be able to have succeeded enough that you have cash reserves that if something does start to slip, that you have a backup, that all of a sudden you don't open this. You take on debt to open up number two. You take your focus off number one a little bit, and then all of a sudden you have a couple bad months and then you got no money. You know, so that's that that can be a problem. And, and it, it honestly, it does sometimes impact number one. Sometimes when people open up number two, number one, if they don't have the clear player in charge, it starts to slip a little bit because you're not spending as much time there. You're not as focused on it. You're focused on growing number two. And all of a sudden, number one, right? If you don't have cash reserves, you don't have a lot of margin for error. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should, if you have no money in the bank, go being off opening all these locations. Um, Number three is I would love to see a very uh, solid retention rate uh, of of, of 5% or less on location one. Um, It's hard to have a stable business when you have a leaking bucket. And when you're at eight to 10% attrition rate, especially if you're doing small group, you're giving yourself a really, really big, expensive marketing job. And so I really like to see a really solid retention rate at 5% or less. Uh, Number four, consistent lead flow. Meaning you don't have 50 leads one month and then all of a sudden two the next. That you have marketing systems in place that are generating leads on a regular basis, you have ads running, you have joint ventures going, you have things that are happening, you have someone in charge of it that's making it happen. There's referral parts system set up. There's basically a marketing machine in the business that's generating leads. Um, and the final thing is that I'd like to see number one operating profitably, and that's at 15 to 20% um, after paying yourself what's called fair market salary. So if you're, you know, working a few, few hours a month, you probably wouldn't pay someone to much for, to work those few hours a month, but you still should pay yourself that. If you're running the show of that business and acting as the CEO that you would have to pay a hundred grand a year to, well, your fair market salary then is a hundred grand, right? So it's whatever you would have to pay another staff member to replace yourself, to replace the job that you do. That's your fair market salary. So 15 to 20% profit after fair market salary. Um, that's what I like to see um, for gyms. And so those are kind of like five check boxes of, you know, and again, that's not a, this isn't a scientific fact here. This is what I've seen based on my experiences of people that have failed and people that have succeeded. But I think it's a pretty good litmus test to tell you if you're ready to go. Perfect, perfect. Would you use, so say, say you check all those boxes, would you use um, a loan, even if you have the cash to spend yeah. over? Yeah, over definitely. Cash? Yeah. No, I, I think you should keep the cash in your business. Um, I mean, obviously if you have a massive excess, you can use your own money. Um, but yeah, like if you have three months of expenses in the bank, I would keep that there and then use, you know, a loan 
to open up and fuel the second one. So you keep number one really solid for sure. Perfect, perfect. And I guess this goes back to productivity and then figuring out how you're going to hire for the new staff for, for the new location. But with your current staff, how do you know when, is there any component of knowing when you're, if you look at your staff and say, you know what, I have a, a playing team. I know I can do this now with that. Is, is there anything that you have, any conversations you have with them leading up to it to kind of prepare them for what's coming? Yeah, I think it's all based on your vision, right? It's all based on what you want. And, you know, we have a guy in our group, Devin Gage, you know, that's opening up, he opened up five gyms in like 16 months or something like that, something ridiculous. But part of his spiel when he hires someone in his main location is, hey, I'm opening up, I think it's 30 gyms in the next 10 years or whatever it is, right? And that's part of his spiel. It's part of his vision. It's part of his, you know, why it's a cool place to work, you know, over at Gage is because of this vision. So I think a lot of that has to come in the conversations. And part of that's got to be sitting down and deciding what you want. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think that it's just like if someone wants to open up a second location just to make a little bit more money, I challenge people on that. Like if you're going to open up 10, go for it. Yeah, go great. Open up a bunch. But if you're just going to open up two to make a little more money. I would just honestly personally stay with one and try to maximize that one like crazy instead of spreading. You don't want to expand that much anyway. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you got this like headache on your hands. Just keep it with one and then maximize that one. That's just my opinion on it. But um, but if you're gonna go, go. It's like go big or go home, you know. Perfect, perfect. All right. Got last question. I just purchased the six-week new client surge program. What can I do to prepare for the next six weeks? I don't know. <laughs> just like here's a couple things so um jim quick who's like a uh he's like a, a speed reading coach uh he uh what's that your book limitless yeah yeah i haven't read his book i did his course um but i like it seems like a really good guy and and i said some good stuff one of the things he talked about in learning when you want to be a good learner you have to forget what you already know so when you're coming into the surge there are probably some things that you have learned or heard about marketing that i will completely destroy and annihilate in the first two minutes of the search right and so sometimes people come in and like i've had people that have had master's degrees in marketing that have gone through the surge and they basically said, I learned more in the six weeks of the surge than I did in a four year MBA or two year MBA at, you know, from you know, Ivy league school. Right. Yeah. Um, and because a lot of the stuff that's taught, I'm not saying all of it, I'm sure there's some good things being taught. Right. But a lot of the stuff that's taught is very theory based. Whereas everything that I teach in the surge is like, it's like just, you know, basted in results it's just like this is what worked this is what brought new clients in. these are the things that actually are working now these are the principles that change these are the principles that won't um so i i think that um if i could say anything to get ready it, it, it's you know forget what you already know and be really you know ready to have an open mind to learn about marketing that is probably not taught in many places 
that you will have ever seen before. Um, it's like almost like an underground type of view of it. Um, but it's all results-based stuff. It's like, this is what works. So that's what I would say to that. I mean, obviously, um, yeah, I don't think there's much else to do. I think reading my book would help beforehand. Uh, the ultimate guide to marketing your gym. You know, I think the market, the surge is kind of like the book, um, you know, much more in depth and much more detailed than the book. Um, so I would say reading the book would help get some of the basic principles down. So forget what you already know. Um, and then read the book, ultimate guide to marketing your gym and, um, yeah, just come in with an open mind, be ready and ready to learn and, and, and be ready to take action. That's the thing. It's like, if you go through the surge and you don't take action, you're not going to get your money's worth, you know? So that's the thing is just being ready to take action and be ready to implement the stuff that you learn right away. Awesome. Now you answered my book question right after that too, which is read your book. Um, I know a lot of people are asking me as well. Um, do they need to have a, a, or not really will, do they need to, will this give them the plan for the year? Like, will this help them build a marketing calendar in the yeah. Well, we're going to give them a sample of a marketing calendar. So we actually have a tool that's, um, that's an actual calendar that we give them as a template and they go in and fill in their own stuff. So they will get that as a tool. Um, and, you know, I go over one of the things of how to create the plan that what goes inside of it uh, for them. So, yeah, they, they will get a fully loaded marketing calendar uh, as a bonus resource for the search. Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about the search today? No, uh, we're starting on January 30th. I run this, I think this year I'm doing it two times. I ended up usually doing it anywhere from two to three times. I think this year we decided on two. Um, so we run it uh, starting Tuesday, January 30th. We've got a bunch of people that have already signed up. Um, so super excited for that. And uh, it's basically like, you know, me downloading everything I know about marketing at gym to, to gym owners. It's like, you're going to learn more in six weeks than you have in your entire life about marketing. Right, I'm, excited. I'm excited to talk to everybody else as well, because they will be able to jump on calls with, with myself. I think you actually, don't we last time throw, throw them into some other stuff too with mastermind. Yeah. We'll get them on a couple, give them a bonus, a couple bonus mastermind calls so they can jump in and see how that, how that goes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Vince. That's all I have for today. Don't forget, make sure you are leaving a five-star review and clicking that follow button, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, man. Thank you.